Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Warth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for our children's presentation as well as Josh. Give it up for Josh. Uh, Josh is our uh, young adult leader. Uh, he is a graduate of Biola University as well as a current student of Long Beach State University getting his master's degree, ultimately his doctorate degree. And I'm pleased to report that our young adults kicked off a discipleship group right here at our Paramount location last week. So if you're a young adult in the house, uh, get connected with Josh or even uh, Sarah. Sarah, raise your hand. She's one of our other leaders. Give it up for Sarah. She's one of our other leaders. God is moving in the young adults' lives at Chapel of Change. They just came back from a, a, a hike on Saturday, and they went up to the mountain of God. God is good. Merry Christmas. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew's chapter 1. Matthew's chapter 1. As you're turning to Matthew's chapter 1, I want to remind you we have a Christmas Eve service here at our Paramount location at 6.30. 6.30. If you can't make 6.30, we have 5 p.m. at Whittier. We have uh, 7.30 in Carson, and then 9 p.m. at our Long Beach location that is hosted by our young adults. Uh, it's going to be an acoustic worship, going to be special testimonies and special pieces in there. Even though it's hosted by the young, young adults, it's for everybody. So if you're a night owl, we're going to be serving free coffee at 9 p.m. on Christmas Eve at our Long Beach campus. And then don't forget, on Christmas Day, one service here at 1230, and every kid was going to get a free gift. So if you know anybody who wants to be blessed extra, uh, Come on out at 1230. And then today, uh, we're giving our Christ's birthday offering at the end of our service. We're going to sacrifice as a church family unto the Lord God Almighty. Every year, uh, we have about three special offerings a year. But one is our Christ's birthday offering, where in December, we give over and beyond our tithes as a, a sacrifice in honor of of Christ's birthday to, to keep Jesus at the center of all our giving. And this year, uh, in part, our Christ's birthday offering is going to help fund the lights that we, everybody see the new lights. These are new lights that we put up, but this is only the first phase. So uh, we want to win souls and make disciples at Chapel of Change. Someone shout amen. amen. Let's go to Matthew's chapter 1, verses 18. And the scripture reads, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce, divorce her quietly. Someone say quietly. By the way, as a side note, one evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in you is that you receive the power to be quiet. <laughs> Did you catch that? Someone say amen to that. One, one evidence. I know we always tend to relate the Holy Spirit to inspiring us to speak. That's true. But one evidence that the Holy Spirit is working in your life is you, you have the strength to shut up. Especially when you are tempted to argue with your spouse. Someone say amen to that. Ooh, did I hear my wife? Ugh. I didn't know my wife was here. Praise God. Let's stay focused. Verse 20. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, 
son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Pause for a second. Another side note. Uh, how many know that angels are powerful? And how many know that angels work on behalf of God's people? Someone say amen. We still believe that angels work, that angels do exist. But secondly, I want to I just as a side note, that I want you to note that God used a dream to speak to Joseph. We believe that God still speaks through dreams. We believe that at times, according to his will and his purpose, God may give you a dream. And that dream is to direct you and to lead you into your divine destiny. You know, my wife, part of her testimony is uh, one of the main reasons why she stayed with me while I was in prison for 16 years, when I got arrested at the age of 16 years old, we've been together since we we're about 12 or 13 years old. But after my arrest, God gave her a dream. And through that dream, God spoke to Laura in part to stay with me. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Amen. And now we've been journeying together through life for about 30 years been married for 25 years amen so god still works through dreams and visions that was a side note go to verse 21 she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins all this took place to fulfill what the lord had said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Someone say Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray before we study God's word. Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon, and we approach your word with joy. We approach your word with an open heart. We pray that you give us wisdom and open up the eyes of our understanding. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says, amen, amen. So my brothers and sisters, as you know, we've been studying from this subject, Hidden Christmas, and I've brought to our attention the cold reality that during December, there's actually two Christmases that are celebrated. One is celebrated by Jesus' followers who celebrate the real meaning of Christmas. The other is celebrated by unbelievers who don't even want Jesus in their life. Ain't that a cold reality? There's two Christmases that are celebrated during December. One celebrated by followers of Jesus Christ that celebrate the real meaning of Christmas. The other one celebrated by unbelievers who don't even believe in the real meaning of Christmas. Remember how I shared that there are billions of dollars being invested by millions of unbelievers to promote a Christmas without Christ? Ain't that a cold reality? And as a result is... As a result is, we go through all of December with millions of people not being exposed to the real meaning of Christmas. That's a cold reality. That's why uh, billions of people can go through December and still wake up in January 1st with their life busted and disgusted because they were not exposed to the real meaning and message of Christmas. How many of you know the real meaning of Christmas will transform you? The real message of Christmas will empower you and draw you closer to God. And so our prayer has been in the month of December as we gather together, we're going to shine light on the real meaning of Christmas. That's been our goal. That's been our prayer. That's why we're gathering together through worship and singing the songs we sing and testifying and praising God and studying God's word. And I've been seeing some pictures of some of the ministries eating together. The reason why we're eating together, worshiping together, studying God's word together is because we want to shine the light on the real meaning of Christmas. Let the church say amen. 
I want to start off this afternoon with an interesting statement. I'm going to share it with you and then I will unpack it a little bit. And here it is. Everyone loves Jesus as long as he's not defined. Think about that with me. Everyone loves Jesus as long as he's not defined. People love Jesus as long as you're not too clear about who he is. People love Jesus as long as you don't reveal his true identity. Buddhists love Jesus. Muslims love Jesus. Jehovah Witnesses love Jesus. Until you start to talk about who Jesus really is. The moment you start to open up your Bible and the moment you begin to teach and to share of the true identity of Jesus is the moment people lift up their hands and they walk away from Jesus. They walk away from Jesus because everybody loves Jesus as long as you're not too clear on who he is. And Christmas is probably the main evidence of this because you could say the same about Christmas. Everyone loves Christmas as long as you're not clear about its real meaning. Did you catch that? Everyone loves Christmas as long as you don't define what Christmas means. As I was preparing for this study, I discovered that the Guinness Book of Records in 2010 identified the most expensive Christmas tree decorated. And that tree was valued at $11 million. The most expensive tree decorated, Christmas tree decorated, valued at $11 million. When you think of that tree, they put Rolexes on that tree. They put gold on that tree, silver on that tree. $11 million. And you know where it was displayed at? You know where it was displayed at? It was displayed in a Muslim country that don't even believe in who Jesus is. Think about that. Because it had me thinking that the world has so diluted the meaning of Christmas that a Muslim country will erect the most expensive Christmas tree in a country where you can't even be converted to Christianity. You can't even technically become Christian, but they'll put up a tree. Why? Everyone loves Christmas until you start talking about the real meaning of Christmas. And it's the same with the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone loves Jesus as long as you're not too clear about who he is. The moment you start defining who Jesus is, the moment you start teaching what the Bible says Jesus is, will be the moment people lift up their hands and start walking away from Jesus. And so I want to remind us that Christmas teaches us one of the great truths of who Jesus is and is found here in verse 23 uh, at the revelation of one of his names, Emmanuel. Someone say Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. So before Jesus was even born, the angel shows up and through a dream to Joseph, and he tells Joseph, You are going to name the baby Emmanuel, which means God with us. In fact, that is a fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah. In chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now, this one word defines who Jesus is at the very beginning, at the very start. And this one word, Emmanuel, reveals to us uh, the great teaching of the Bible that is called the incarnation. Incarnation. Someone say incarnation. At Christmas, uh, we reflect upon the incarnation. At Christmas, we celebrate the incarnation. 
At Christmas, we meditate upon the incarnation as one of the most crucial and critical aspects of our Christian faith. So when you think of the incarnation, it means God took human form by becoming Jesus in the flesh. God took human form by becoming Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. Three words, God with us. Each one of those words uh, uh, are heavy and they mean so much. So God, the word God speaks of Jesus's divinity. It speaks that Jesus is God. The word with speaks of his humanity, that he is also human. The word us speaks of his divinity and humanity together. The word God speaks of his divinity, that he is God. The word with speaks of his humanity. The word us speaks of his divinity and humanity at the same time. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. And today in our study, we're going to take some time to zero in on this one word, Emmanuel, which is actually three words, and I'm going to give you some understanding of what it means. Some of y'all named your son Emmanuel, didn't even know what it meant. So now I'm going to help you understand the blessing that you put on your son. Are you following along? As I was preparing for this message, I learned something about a man by the name of John Wesley. Uh, John Wesley was one of the greatest Uh, Christian leaders in all of history. Uh, God used his life to spark a great revival in America, and he lived during a time where there was no cars, there was no Uber, there was no Hondas, there was no Toyotas, and he rode a horse everywhere to preach the gospel. He rode a horse everywhere to preach the gospel. He valued the gospel so much that he he rode a horse to preach the gospel. And by the time his life ended, they said he rode a horse so much that he could have circled the world ten times. Ten times. That's how much he valued the gospel. And they said at his first Bible study, four people showed up. Four people showed up to his first Bible study. By the time that he died, there was 132,000 people following Jesus because of his life. Did you catch that? His life was so transformed, such a light to his generation. Four people showed up to his first Bible study. 132,000 people were serving the Lord by the time he died. And on his deathbed, he said, the best of all, God is with us. The best of all, God is with us. And the revelation of the incarnation so transformed his life that the Lord used him to impact millions of people. And on his deathbed, he said, the best of all, God with us. And so as he died with that saying on his lips, I suggest we live with that saying on our hearts. As he died with that saying on our lip, his lips, I suggest we live with that saying on our hearts. Perhaps it will transform us as it did John Wesley. So let's examine Emmanuel, God with us. Are you following along? The first thing I want us to examine is the word God. The word God. The word God in Emmanuel reveals to us that Jesus is God. That Jesus is God. In fact, the simple meaning of Christmas is that the creator God of the universe has become a human being. This is the simple Uh, definition or meaning of Christmas is that the creator of heaven and earth has taken on human form. He has become a human being, Emmanuel, God with us. And I cannot stress enough that right here in the book of Matthews, in the first book of the New Testament, in the first chapter of the first book, it starts with this truth about Jesus' identity. It calls him Emmanuel. 
right out the gate of the Bible, it reveals to us that Jesus is God. Everything else about Christmas flows from this one truth. If you miss this one truth, that Jesus is God in the flesh, you miss everything else. Miss nothing else in Christianity makes sense if you don't get this one truth. And so I want to remind us that believing the right things are critical to our salvation and even our transformation. Believing the right things as followers of Jesus Christ are critical to our salvation and even our transformation. That's why at Chapel of Change, we teach the Bible at Chapel of Change. That's why every time you come here, we open up the Bible. I point you to the Bible because I want you to believe right. Because if you believe right, you'll act right. And if you act right, you'll be transformed right. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? And as followers of Jesus Christ, our right beliefs center around who Jesus is. Our right beliefs center around who Jesus is. Everything about us centers around Jesus, for he is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. And so I want to remind us. That Jesus was more than just a good teacher. Jesus is more than just a good preacher. Jesus is more than just a prophet. Jesus is God in the flesh. And it starts off in Matthew chapter 1. It reveals that his name is Emmanuel. But when you trace the Bible throughout, you'll learn in different places and different spaces. It reaffirms that Jesus is God. This is not the only place. This is not the only place. In fact, Jesus affirmed he is God. In John chapter 14, verses 8, Jesus had a transaction with Philip, one of his disciples. And listen to what Jesus said. It said, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus replied, Philip. I have been with you all this time, and you still do not know me? Sidebar, you could be in God's general presence all your life and still not know God. Sidebar, you could be in church. You could be born in church and die in church and still not know God. You could sing Christian songs and rap Christian hip-hop and Christian raps and still not know God. You don't believe me? Ask Philip. That's what Jesus told him. You've been with me all this time. You still don't know me? And then he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. What is he revealing? He's revealing his deity. He's revealing that he is God in the flesh. He says, when you see me, you see the Father. So Jesus affirmed that he was God. But not only that, Jesus' disciples who lived with him for three years, who come from the Jewish culture, who only worship one God, they, after living with him for three years, affirmed that Jesus is God. God. Think about this with me. If there's anyone who knows you're not God, it's the people who live with you. Hello? Like, if I wanted to prove that I was God, I would not call my brothers and sisters. Because she will stand up and say, this brother is not God. I've lived with him. I know how he acts. I know how he responds. I know that that his attitude that he gets. Yet, Jesus' disciples, who were Jewish men who worshipped one God, lived with him for three years, seen him act, seen him live. And at the end of them three years, they affirm that Jesus is God. How is that? Is because they saw the divinity in Jesus. They saw that Jesus was transcendent. They saw something different about Jesus. And they lived with him. So Apostle John, he says in John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
the word became flesh. Someone say flesh. And made his dwelling amongst us. Notice that phrase. The word became flesh. What is that speaking about? The incarnation of God. The incarnation of Jesus. The word became flesh. What is that speaking about? It's speaking about the first Christmas morning. It's speaking about Christmas. Apostle Paul also affirmed that Jesus is God. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, he said, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God. Catch that. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. You see the connection there? Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Whose blood that we talk about? Who shed the blood on the cross? It was Jesus. But Paul reveals to us it was God. How is that? Because Jesus is God. We believe as followers of Jesus Christ that Jesus is God in the flesh. So always remember, Christians exalt Jesus, the world lowers Jesus. Always remember, Christians magnify Jesus, unbelievers minimize Jesus. If you're around a group that is always minimizing Jesus, you're in the wrong group. Christians, we worship Jesus because he is God. We worship him. We sing unto him because he is God. By the way, when you study your Bible, you'll learn that oftentimes when an angel would appear before men, the men would bow down before the angel and try to worship the angel. And you know what the angel would do? The angel would say, stop. Don't worship me. Get up off of your feet. I'm not God. I'm just a servant along with you. Stop worshiping me. The angel would block them from worshiping them. But Jesus, you study his life. Study his ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus, on the other hand, he received worship. Oftentimes, people came to Jesus and they bowed before Jesus and they worshiped Jesus. And he didn't stop them. He didn't block them. No, he received worship. How is that? Because he is God. In Matthew 28, verse 17, it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Why? Because he is God. So we got to come to terms with that. We got to wrestle with that. We got to start off with that. That Christmas teaches us that God has come down in human form in the person of Jesus Christ. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The second thing I want us to think about is God with us. With us. With us. I want us to examine that phrase, with us. Think with me for a little bit that the great God, creator of heaven and earth, with infinite power and infinite majesty, he put himself into a form of withness for us, of withness for us. Christmas reveals the nearness of God, the nearness of God. Christmas reveals that God came down from heaven alongside of us. He made himself available to us. He made himself approachable to us. He made himself accessible to us. This is what Christmas reveals. This is what the incarnation reveals. That almighty God has made himself available to us. He's made himself approachable to us. He's made himself accessible to us. Consider this with me for a moment. When God manifested himself in the Old Testament, before Jesus was born, what did he look like? Think about this with me for a moment. It's going to help you understand the power of the incarnation. When God showed up 
before Jesus, before the first Christmas morning, before the birth of Jesus, when God showed up, what did he look like? How did he look? I'll give you the answer. He always looked absolutely terrifying. He always looked absolutely terrifying. So God shows up to Job. You know how he shows up to Job? He shows up to Job as a storm, as a tornado, as a hurricane. In fact, Job 38 verse 1 says, But then the Lord spoke to Job out of a storm. Have you ever seen a tornado? I haven't, but I've seen the videos. And it's terrifying. A tornado has the power to sweep you up off your feet. Not only you, but your car. A tornado has the power to destroy a whole city. It's terrifying. When God showed up to Abraham, he showed up as a fiery furnace. A fiery furnace. When God showed up to Moses, you remember how he showed up to Moses? A burning bush. A burning bush. When God showed up to the children of Israel, you know what he manifested as? A pillar of fire. A pillar of fire. Every time God showed up before the birth of Jesus, it was absolutely terrifying. A storm, a hurricane, a pillar of fire, a burning bush, a fiery furnace. When God's presence was manifested, absolutely terrifying nobody could come near to God in fact God told the children of Israel one time don't come near me lest you die God told that to the people of Israel he said you better stop you better stop coming near me because you're gonna die I'm too holy you can't stand it you're gonna die Moses asked God Lord can I see you face to face you know what God said no no one can see me and live every time God shows up before Jesus. He shows up absolutely terrifying. Yet, yet, at Christmas, for you and I, for this generation, he doesn't show up as a tornado. For you and I, he doesn't show up for a burning bush. He should have showed up for a burning bush for some of y'all. Some of y'all have been acting this year. He should have showed up as a fiery furnace, but he didn't. For you and I, he doesn't show up as a hurricane. In Christmas, he shows up as a baby. A baby. For the very first time, he shows up not as a hurricane, not as a pillar of fire. Not as a fiery furnace. No. A baby. There's meaning to that. There's meaning to that right there. There's meaning to that. What, what is the first thing you want to do when you see a baby? Especially if it's a chubby baby. Right? Especially if it has chubby cheeks. Especially if it has chubby legs and chubby feet. I'm going to show you a picture of Trula right there. That's Tawny's daughter, my cousin, and Jonathan, right? And she's not even that chubby right there. Imagine if she was chubby. Look at the reaction. Like, oh, I want to bite her feet. Okay, that's a little bit too, a little bit too right there. But our natural response to when we see a baby is you want to draw close to that baby. You want to bring that baby close to you. You want to hold that baby. You want to squeeze that baby. You want to lift up that baby. This is the revelation of Christmas. This is what the birth of Jesus teaches us about God. He has come near to us. This is the nearness of God in Christmas. That Jesus has made God approachable to us. Jesus has made God accessible to us. Jesus has made God available to us. Jesus takes away the terrifying barrier between you and God. 
Jesus takes away the barrier of sin. Jesus takes away the barrier of shame. Jesus takes away the barrier of guilt and condemnation. The barrier is removed. It's removed. No wonder why Jesus, when he comes on the scene, he could say in Matthew 11, 28, he says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What? The call of God through Christmas, through the birth of Jesus, is come to me. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. You're going to live. But you got to come to me and receive life and life more abundantly. No wonder why Jesus says that. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. You're going to receive. You're going to receive. No wonder why Apostle Paul gave us the revelation of Hebrews 4. Listen to what he says. He says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Someone shout confidence. Someone shout confidence. What? You mean to tell me I can approach God now and not only just approach God, but I can approach with boldness. I can approach with confidence. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. But he says, so that you may receive mercy and grace to help us in the time of need. This is what Jesus does. This is the birth of Jesus. It's one thing to have a knowledge of God, but it's another thing to know that God is with you. It's one thing to know about God, but it's a whole different other thing to know that God is with you. So I want to remind us that God came down from heaven to be with you. I want to remind you that God took the form of a baby to be with you. God suffered and died on a cross to be with you. Almighty God is available to you now. Almighty God is accessible to you now. Almighty God is approachable to you now. You're not going to die. You're not going to die. God doesn't show up with a bat. We learned that last Sunday. He doesn't show up with a bat. He shows up with grace. He's accessible. He's available. He's, a, he's approachable. Imagine Imagine if Moses lived in our time today. Imagine if Moses heard the message of Christmas. Remember, he asked to see God, and God denied him. Remember, God told him to tell the people, don't come near me lest they die. Imagine if Moses was with us today. He would be jumping up and down. He would be screaming at us, don't you realize what you have? Don't you realize what is available to you? This very thing I was denied. This ought to be the driving force of your life. This ought to transform you. This ought to empower you. My goodness, don't you realize what you have? My brothers and sisters, when I get to heaven, I do not want Moses to wring his neck at me. I do not want Moses to laugh at me and say, Brian, you didn't realize what you had. And you blown your opportunity to walk with God. You blown your opportunity to approach the almighty God. See, God with us is our strength. It's a powerful revelation to know that God is with you. Uh, the prophet Isaiah said, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. God with you is your strength. God with you delivers you from fear. God with you delivers you from fear. In Psalms 23 verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are, get this, with me. You are with me. God with you delivers you from fear. Delivers you from intimidation and insecurity and low self-esteem. God is with you. God is with you at work. God is with you in the home. God is with you when you're driving down the road. You don't got to do life alone. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to endure pain alone. God is with you. 
This is a powerful revelation that will transform your life. I remember, I remember when God, uh, I remember when God kind of reaffirmed this in my life. Uh, I remember when I was in prison uh, at the age of uh, 20 years old. Uh, after being arrested at the age of 16 years old, I, I repented for my sins at 18 years old. And when I was 20 years old, they made a mistake. And they transferred me to Chino State Prison at 20 years old. And I was reminded of this because about three weeks ago, a lot of us Kingsmen went to Chino uh, to preach the gospel. And I saw Chino State Prison. And thanks be to the Lord God Almighty, I drove right by Chino State Prison. I didn't get stuck up in there, but I drove right by. But I was there once. Oh, yeah. And I didn't look like I look now. I was in shackles. They made a mistake, too. They, I was 20 years old, and they, they transferred me to uh, isolation, which is known as Palm Hall. It's where all the mess-ups of prison are at. And I was 20 years old, but I looked like I was 15 years old. I was tall, and I was skinnier than I am now, and I had pimples all over my face, and I was shackled. I was shackled. Oh, yeah, I, I was shackled at my, my wrist. I was shackled at my waist. I was shackled at my ankles. Oh, yeah, the Lord has brought me a mighty long way. I ain't going to tell you what I was wearing because it was so humiliating. And I was shackled, 20 years old. Already been serving the Lord for two years, and I, I was being faithful to God. And I was like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing putting me amongst these lions and hyena? I've been serving you. How I many know sometimes serving the Lord, things go wrong? And they put me in isolation, and I'll never forget that after they processed me, they walked me down the hallway when there's like 50 cells, and there I was, shackled. And there was prisoners in each one of those cells. And I had to walk all the way to the end. So here I am shackled, walking like this. And these older prisoners, buff and tattoos all over their face, mad dogging me. It looked like the movies. I'm like, oh, my God. And they mad dogging me and they stared at me. And I tried to look, I tried to look gangster, but I couldn't because I was too young. You know, you tried your best, but you just can't do it when you look 15 years old. So I stuck out my chest, and I was like, yeah, right? But deep inside, I was scared. And I remember they put me in my cell. And it wasn't even a cell. It was a cage. It was, it was bars with a cage over it, unless you get stabbed by the inmates. And I remember one of them older dudes found out I was a Christian, and he laughed at me. He said, oh, they, they don't want Christians here. This is not Disneyland. They don't want Christians here. And how many of you know the devil goes overtime on your mind when you start hearing that? And all of a sudden, I'm in that cell late at night, and I'm thinking I'm going to die. I'm thinking I'm going to get stabbed in the neck. I'm like, oh, God, I've been serving you, and this is what I'm going to get? I've been serving you, been faithful to you, been standing up for you, been preaching your gospel, studying your Bibles, trying to stay holy, uh, and this is what I get? And I remember being in that cell. I'm crying out to God and Laura. I remember I'm writing Laura and saying, you got to call the news. You got to call the senator. And I call her, you better call us. Get me out of here. But late one night, I was in that cell. And the inmate rule was you cannot talk out of the cell. You can't talk loud. They have so many rules in there. You just can't talk loud out of the cell. And I was sitting there confused. I was sitting there mad at God. And somebody on the first level the first floor going against the rules of the prisoners he didn't even know who I was didn't know what I was struggling with or nothing he begins to yell out Romans chapter 8 verse 38 listen to what he says he yells this out he says for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Man, I 
got up out of my bunk and I said, that's God speaking to me. That's God telling me he's with me. That's God telling me he hasn't abandoned me. He hasn't left me. He hasn't left me to die. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. I'm going to live. Boy, I felt like Superman out of that, man. God is with me. Oh, my goodness. I don't care how many burpees I do, push-ups I do. They're going to move out the way when God is with me. Some 30 years later, now I'm standing right here praising the Lord God Almighty. I didn't die. I didn't get stabbed. I didn't go protective custody. The Lord was with me. The Lord was with me telling you this Emmanuel God with us Emmanuel God with us and now and now as I begin to close as we've pondered how God clawed his way from heaven to be with us we have to come face to face with the question and here's the question what are you doing to draw near to God what are you doing to draw near to God? We just learned that God clawed his way from heaven to earth to be with us. We learned that God made himself vulnerable to this world, became the form of a baby to be with us. He left the tornado alone, left the furry, fiery furnace alone, and became a baby just to be with us. We got to wrestle with that. We got we to gotta grapple with that because the question is, how do we respond to God is with us? How do we respond? Here it is. We draw near to God. Christmas is all about drawing near to God. What's keeping us? What's keeping us from drawing near to God? Is it a bad habit that you picked up in 2022? Is it a bad habit that you picked up in 2022 that's keeping you from drawing near to God? What's keeping you from drawing near to God? Is it because uh, a lack of discipline? Is it because you've grown lazy? What, what, we got to examine it. We got to talk like family because God clawed his way to be with us. What's keeping you from drawing near to God? Is it because you're blessed now? You got a job now. You got money in your pocket now. Maybe you got married. Maybe you got a spouse now. Maybe you got a baby now. Maybe you're too busy now for God. Maybe you're too busy now for God that you can't draw near to God. What's, what's in here? What, what will it cost you to draw near to God before the year ends? What will it cost you? Will it cost you giving one more night of your time to come to Bible study here on Thursday night? Will it, will it cost you two more hours of your life on Thursday night to come to Bible study and worship the Lord? Will it cost you waking up 30 minutes earlier to pray and to meditate on God's will? What will it cost you to, to cut off that friend that keeps wanting you to smoke with him or smoke with her or that friend that keeps inviting you to the club? What will it cost you? I suggest whatever it costs you is nothing compared to what it costs God to claw his way down from heaven to be with us. I encourage you, as we talk like family, to claw your way through anything that is hindering you from drawing close to God. You got about a week left before this year is over. And if the Lord shall tarry, he wants you to enter into that new year with strength, vitality, and transformation. But you're going to have to claw your way. You're going to have to claw your way. You're going to have to get rid of some things in your life. The Bible says in James, draw close to God and he'll draw close to you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. What is it that is hindering us? Chapel of Change, I want to end with this scripture. I'm going to give you out of Isaiah. For I believe that this is a beautiful picture that I believe we should be portraying in 2023. Here it is. Isaiah 58 verse 2. It says, for that day after day, they seek me and delight to know my ways. Like a nation that does what is right and does not forsake the justice of their God... They ask me for righteous judgments 
Here it is. Here's the phrase. They delight in the nearness of God. They delight in the nearness of God. They rejoice. They relish in the real meaning of Christmas. That God has come near to us and we are going to draw near to him. So my encouragement today as we bow our heads in our hearts. Let's bow our heads in our hearts this afternoon. As we bow our heads tonight, this afternoon, my encouragement for you is to say a prayer in your own words. Ask God to reveal to you what's hindering you from drawing close to him. And then ask God to give you the strength to remove it. With every head bowed and every heart bowed, let's pray that just individually. Lord, reveal to me what's hindering me. What's holding me back from drawing close to you? Is it a habit? Is it laziness? Is it wrong people around us? Everybody, I encourage you in your own way, let's say that prayer. As we say this prayer, there are maybe someone in the house that needs to repent from some things that you picked up in 2022. Maybe you picked up a bad habit. Maybe you, maybe there's something in your heart that you need to repent of. I want to encourage a time of repentance right now. Right where you're at. Repent before God. Renounce whatever it is that is holding you down. We're preparing for the new year. We're preparing for the new year. And we've got to get rid of some things. We need God to clear our hearts. Clear our minds. I have a visual in my mind that some of us have picked up some stones. And the stone is a metaphor for something in your life that is holding you down. You picked up some stones in 2022 and it's holding you down. It's stopping you from praying. It's stopping you from being all in for God. You need to repent. You need to renounce today. Repent of that stone, whatever it may be. Renounce it, whatever it may be. I want to give you a couple moments to do that before the Lord. Let's prepare for the new year right now. Let's ask God to cleanse us. Let's ask God to forgive us. We're not going to wait for the new year. We're preparing for it right now by faith. We're preparing for it right now by faith. Everybody just remain in the atmosphere of prayer. If there's someone here who has picked up a bad habit in 2022 and you just need prayer to break that bad habit, you need prayer to break that bad habit, stand up on your feet right now. I'm just going to pray for you. Anybody who picked up a bad habit in 2022 and you need prayer to break it, you're willing to break it, you're, you're saying to God, Lord, help me to be delivered from this bad habit, just stand on your feet right now and I'm just going to pray, pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. In fact, I'm going to ask Pastor Laura if you'll come up here and just pray for the breaking of bad habits. The breaking of bad habits. For those of you who stood up, I ask it just as a sign of surrender. Lift up your hand unto the Lord. More importantly, open up your heart to God as we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to break some bad habits. Begin to break some bad habits. First, Lord Jesus, we declare our faith and our trust in you 
We declare that because you came to die on the cross for me, you were crucified, you died, you were buried, you rose again with all power. I can come to you. I can ask you to be not only my savior, but my healer and my deliverer. So Jesus, I ask that you would come even now and that you would begin by the power of your spirit to break, to break the chains that bind me. Whatever these bad habits are that I picked up, I ask now, God, that you would begin to break them. I come into agreement with you, Lord God. I don't want them anymore. I don't want the addiction. I don't want the lust. I don't want that problem. I want you. So I come into agreement with you, and I say, have your way. Break it. Break it, Lord. Break it. Break it. In Jesus' name, I break that over you. I break that over you in the name of Jesus. And I ask the Lord God to send his warfaring angels to come and stand next to you. Yes, you. And to begin to take that spiritual axe and break it. To break it. To break it. To break it off of you. Break it off of you in Jesus' name. To set you free. Hallelujah. To set you free from the chains that bind you. From those things that you have engaged in. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the person of Jesus Christ, that you came and that you came to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free, to open the prison doors to those who are bound and to comfort those who mourn. Those who are filled with anxiety and depression, you came to remove it and instead clothe them with a garment of praise. So we ask God even now that you would wrap your loving arms like a garment around them that they would lift up their voice and sing unto you with praise and joy on their lips. And we ask God that you would take away their grief, their sorrow, and their sadness and that you would give them the oil of joy instead and God whatever their life looks like even until this point if it looks like ashes God I pray that you would remove those instead give them beauty I ask God that you would bring healing and deliverance to every single person who has stood up to receive from you today and I thank you, Lord God, for meeting them right where they are at, taking them by the hand, walking with them like a loving father and a loving savior. And I thank you today, Lord God, by faith, that they can declare freedom in Jesus' name. May you have peace this year and in the next. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Let's, let's give the Lord a hand praise. You may be seated. In the presence of the Lord, God is good all the time. As the Lord delivers you and frees you and gives you grace to be free, you need to press forward. You got to take action. That action can mean reading your Bible in the morning. That action can mean start journaling. That action can mean start praying more. That action can mean come to midweek Bible study on Thursday night. But you got to take action. You got to apply force. You got to apply force. So we want to encourage you serve the Lord with us. Amen. Serve the Lord with us. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. We are going to prepare uh, to give our Christ's birthday offering uh, at this time. And every year, we have about three uh, special offerings that we give. And one is during the Christmas season. And we give this offering in honor of Christ's birthday. We like to tell 
uh, particularly our kids, it's not your birthday. It's Jesus' birthday. So don't give everything to everybody, but not give to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to give your best gift to the Lord today um, and know that your giving is helping to impact the world with the gospel. This is good ground here at Chapel of Change. Let me just share with you a couple things that have happened uh, at Chapel of Change in the last year. Over, well over, we don't have the exact numbers, but well over 200 people have surrendered their lives to the Lord at Chapel of Change. Well over 200 people. Um, probably about 40, maybe 50 baby dedications that we dedicated to the Lord. Come on, somebody praise the Lord for that. We had about probably about maybe 75 people baptized in this last year. Come on, somebody praise the Lord for that. Matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, I don't know if he's in the house today, but we had somebody who reached, we reached out from in the park. We have an outreach at the park. Is he here today? Stand up. I, for, I forgot his name. What's his name? Remember his name? Anthony. Where's Anthony at? Stand up, Anthony. Is Anthony in the house? Come on. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Wave your hand, Anthony. Come on. God bless you, Anthony. Come on. Somebody say, God bless you, Anthony. Come on. Somebody say, God bless you, Anthony. Come here, Anthony. Come out here. We want to pray for you. Come on, Anthony. Come on. Give, give the Lord a hand praise. Give the Lord a hand praise. God is changing the future of Anthony here. This brother, our outreach team, goes to the park weekly, shares the gospel, prays for people. Thank God for Pastor Bo and all the volunteers. We got a lot of volunteers that go. And our brother Anthony responded to that. And three weeks ago, I think about a month ago, he came to church and we were baptizing. And he heard the message of water baptism. And he wanted to get baptized, but he didn't have no shorts on. So guess what he did? He got baptized in his clothes. So we want to pray a blessing over you, Brother Anthony. We want to reaffirm that God is working in your life. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward in the name of Jesus. Keep, you know what the Lord put upon my heart of what I'm going to do? I want to buy you a suit. I'm going to buy you a suit. All right? The Lord just put that upon my heart. And I want to do that for you. Amen. I'm going to gift you a soup. So at some point in time through the week, I'll get your number from Pastor Bo or after service. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go to the soup place. We're going to buy you a suit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And that's just a small thing about what God is doing in your life. God is doing so much bigger in your life. Keep moving forward one step at a time. Just one step at a time. As the Bible says, as you draw close to God, he'll draw close to you. Let's lift up our hands towards Brother Anthony and let's pray over him. Father God, we thank you for Brother Anthony, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you for his soul. We thank you for his life, Father God, in Jesus' name. We thank you that he's responded to the gospel, Lord God. And Father, we pray a blessing over him. Bless his mind, Lord God. Bless his mind. Bless his heart, Father God. Bless his life. Bless his finances, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray that you bless him, Lord God. Encourage him, Lord God. Draw him closer to you, Father God. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. God bless you, Brother Anthony. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. So God is working in a special way at Chapel of Change. Would you agree with that? Would you agree with that? Let me read to you some other things that God is doing. In the last year, about 75 people have become members of Chapel of Change. Come on, praise the Lord. And uh, in the last couple of weeks, including today, we're going to be blessing over a hundred families with gifts through Angel Tree. Amen. So we're going to have Angel Tree after this service in the fellowship hall. If you're part of the families, we invite you. We're going to have lunch together and we're going to bless you uh, with your gifts. But I also want to call attention to the young adults. Joshua and, and Sarah. Stand up again. Joshua and Sarah. 
uh, they are transferring to our Paramount location to develop the young adults here at our Paramount location. So if you're a young adult, get their phone number before the day ends. Amen? Give the Lord a hand. Praise for that. I also want to thank God for our marriage ministry. We have a, a marriage ministry that ministers to marriages. So if you're uh, married or you're having a struggle or you're not having a struggle, you could join our marriage ministry and get strengthened in the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to call up the ushers up forward as we prepare to give our Christ's birthday offering. And as we give, our band here is going to rock out a little bit in celebration of giving because giving is a celebration amen I said giving is a celebration so there are several ways you can give you can give through an envelope um, or you can give through a debit card after service in the lobby you can give online you can give through a, the the barcode show that picture right there look at that scan to give some of y'all next time you see this just test it out with your phone what you do is you put your your photo you turn to your photo in your phone and you put it and then it'll connect you to the link where, whereby you give so you can scan to give if you're watching online and, and this ministry has blessed you and you want to give go to our webpage chaplachange.org chaplachange.org and you can give that way so let me pray over the offering we're gonna give and then the band is going to rock out a little bit as we celebrate and I'll come back and dismiss with a blessing. So let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We worship you through this offering. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone says, amen, amen. Let's give unto the Lord. Stand to our feet. Come on, can you know? We celebrate Jesus. Let's lift up our hands unto the Lord and we'll dismiss with a blessing. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you could live. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with power, may you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday. We have Angel Tree afterwards in the fellowship hall. If you need special prayer, you can come to the altar. In our